Welcome to episode 212 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. In this episode, I will be talking to Michael Spence from Theatre Gargantua. But first, I thought I would take a second and check in. How are you doing? Um, I have to admit that um, I have been fighting a cold. It spent about a day in my head and then immediately sat in my chest. And I have been stuck with a cough for about two weeks now. Um, you'll probably hear that in this episode and some of the ones that are coming up in the in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, I'm doing everything I can to get rid of it, but it's just hanging on. And I'm sure that you've had that experience where you have one of those coughs that just won't go away, and that's where I'm at right now. Have you guys seen this this article? I just sort of started noticing it uh, today. That's that's Monday of this week, the week this episode comes out, and. Um, this article on urbanology.com and it's called uh, uh, Toronto's creative industry is toxic and that's why I'm leaving. Um, I've been reading this and I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Um, I don't know if I have, uh, experienced toxicity in the industry. Um, perhaps sometimes I felt like maybe I've, uh, experienced some apathy in the industry, but that's a little different. Um, it's a really interesting article, and I'm I'm still kind of digesting it. But uh, I would, I would uh, love to to hear more about what you think about it. If you've seen it, if you haven't, go to urbanologymag.com and 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 uh, give it a read, and 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 then you know I, I want to hear what you think because I wonder about. I mean, one of the things it talks about is is is, is I think one of the symptoms is this a lack of of community in what we call uh, the theater community in Toronto. And, and I've often felt that we are too disparate and separate and with our own cliques and, and groups and things like that. And we don't ever really come together except uh, sometimes at an award ceremony where that's not really the most conducive way to create community when you're technically in competition with somebody else. So um, that's just one thought, but it, I feel like I'm going to be digesting this piece for a while. Um, and uh, I'm, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm still struggling with because I think uh, there may be a point to it. I mean, there is obviously a point to it, and it may uh, be be nailing something that perhaps I haven't experienced directly, but I think a lot of people are feeling. And I wonder, what can we do about this this feeling, this feeling that, that there's uh, apathy to people around theater, that there's a toxicity in, in, in the industry, and in, not just the industry, but the arts in general. And I wonder if, if like, what is it about this scene here that is that is making us feel that way? And if, if you have some thoughts, and I know I'm going to be thinking about it pretty hard for the next little while, I would, I would love to, to hear what you think. Um, and of course, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. And you can find the website for StageWorthy at StageWorthyPodcast.com. And so if you have thoughts, you can find me there and email me on the on the contact page. Or, you know, you can find me directly on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. I'm still digesting this. And, and I think why it bothers me so much is I... I there, there's obviously some truth to it. 
and that's there's a lot of truth to it and i'm pussyfooting around because i have this whole thing when i'm on here that i'm like oh i don't want to offend anybody i don't want to call anybody out but i think you know so sometimes i might soften a view that i have um and that's you know one of the reasons why i don't do reviews on this podcast is because you know I don't think that somebody who makes theater should do reviews, but obviously there's there's something going on in this article, and I, I really I really yeah, I'm going to be digesting this for a while, and I I'm, uh, I want to hear what you're thinking, and if if you have thoughts about it, please please share them. As I mentioned, my guest is Michael Spence. He is the associate artistic director of Theater Gargantua. He's been a playwright with them. He's been a set designer. He's been a performer, and he's been with them for a very long time. I thought we had a great conversation, and we sort of ranged all over talking about some of the ideas behind Theater Gargantua's new show, The Wager, and and the inspirations behind it. And uh, I thought that we had a great conversation. I hope you do too. Give it a listen. Uh, Theater Gargantua presents The Wager on now until November the 30th at the Theater Passmerai main space in Toronto. How long have you guys been uh, working on the wager? We started last spring, mm-hmm. uh, and we had a um, in the spring we did a workshop mm-hmm. with uh, about fifteen actors. We always, I think, I think over the over the course of that workshop, we we, we just like to get as mm-hmm. many many voices in the room as we can, just to uh, uh, try out things. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we we do all our stuff in a, in a, in a two year cycle. Mm-hmm. So so we did a full production last year mm-hmm. uh, of of a of, of, I mean it was a finished version, but we knew we were going to do more. Sure, work. yeah, so, yeah. So so a lot of the ideas were were still formulating, mm-hmm. but we, we we hammered it into a into a show and put it up at Pass Marai mm-hmm. and uh, just performed it for a week. So yeah, we had the, uh, we had a bunch of uh, student matinees mm-hmm. and, and then a weekend of. Mm-hmm. Just to, um, I guess, kind of galvanize it. See what, see what, see what, uh, see what, it's, what it feels like, and see what the response is to the material. Yeah. It is always important to put like because you you learn so much from an audience that you you can't learn. Well, you can't learn it without. You have to have an audience see it at some point, really before it gets to its final version. Absolutely. You yeah. get, you, not only do you get direct feedback, mm-hmm. the audience says, oh, I like this and I didn't like that. Yeah. So that's good information to have. But also there's, there's things that you don't know about your own performance of the material until, yeah. until there's, you, you know, there's a body, yeah. you know, eyes and ears there uh, taking it in. So, yeah. so it, so it has a, it has a, it, it has a really profound yeah, yeah. When you when you finally put it in front of people. Yeah, I've often found like early on in a couple of workshops that I've done, like yes, we have a talk back, and people will tell you what they liked and what they didn't like. But what they told us during the performance was even more important oh, than what they verbalized. When they're thinking about it, they're trying to sound very smart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what they told us when they laughed, when they didn't laugh, mm-hmm. when they didn't react, when they did, that's all so much more valuable than, than anything that they say after. And rewarding too. It just, absolutely. It, it feels <clears throat> great. It feels like when you, when you actually get 
uh, an immediate response. Yeah. That that's when you're going, oh yeah, that's that's why I got into this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, and 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 creating a show can be an isolating process because it, it happens sort of like in a vacuum until you get to that audience point, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you guys with, with theater gargantua, you're creating stuff that, I mean, it's, it's, is it devised? Do you start with devised and then you, you, you write it or like how, what does the creation process look like? Well, we've been, we've been doing what we've been doing longer than I, at least, Longer than that, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the idea of device mm -hmm. or, or the word device theater has been around, or at least, right. at least uh, um, from, from when I encountered that, mm. that, that, that idea of device. So we, we usually come into the room with at least a sense of, of what we're reacting to, what yeah. we'd like to explore right at the, top, at the start of the process. Mm. And uh, sometimes it's an image. Sometimes Jackie, uh, you know, when we did Raging Dreams years ago, it was it was a, a reaction to nightmares that mm -hmm. she was having. You know? Right. So that was so that was where we started, and we actually pulled images out of those out of those dream experiences mm -hmm. and, and 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 poetry and and and, and the actual uh, physicality came out of that. Yeah. Sometimes it's a this this time around. Um. There was there was uh, there was a number of, of, of things that, that that came together just before we started uh, the the workshop, and mm -hmm. one was one was me encountering this story that we that we use as a, as a as a central narrative, mm -hmm. which is this which is the story of uh, Alfred Russell Wallace, uh, who was a, a 19th century scientist, uh, contemporary of Darwin's, uh, who actually he came up with the with the, the theory of natural selection mm -hmm. on his own, right. But but conferred with Darwin, and then and Darwin was the one who he was he was already well on the way of right. publishing uh, on the origin of the species. But 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 Wallace was doing it as well, and so um, he was he was a respected scientist. But he but he but he was also was broke and mm -hmm. and uh, and decided to take up a wager when a flat earther said yeah, five hundred pounds to anyone who could <coughs> prove that the the Earth is not flat. Mm -hmm. and Wallace said, "Oh, I can do that." Yeah, and it had. To, it had bad repercussions on his, oh. on his on his life. So so I was yeah. reading that story, and then and you know at the same time Trump uh, was just a was having that effect on the whole yes, planet. Yeah. So it, and it was making everyone say, you know, what are what are what what are consequences? What are facts? Yeah. You know, if 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 if, uh, if people can be so fluid with their interpretations of them. So yeah, so th it was there was those things were happening before we got in the room, and. Uh, uh, and one of the most exciting parts of, of our process at the early stage is just is is uh, getting everyone around the table, and 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 just what what is what is what does this say to you? And, mm -hmm. and get in the discussion, and and, and 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 images will come out of that. Yeah, uh, um, we'll we'll actually take a trip to the Toronto Reference Library, and uh, everyone goes just follows their nose mm. from floor mm. to floor. And and then brings brings books, sometimes magazines, uh, sometimes sometimes music. They've got mm. a great music archive mm. here, and, uh, and 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 lays it out again on the table, and and, and we 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 call, we mm. pull pull from 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 the material, mm -hmm. and uh, and often it sort of finds its way onto the onto the stage, mm. and, you know, and often circuitous yeah. uh, paths 
And as a as a writer, how are you molding? How are you working with the material that's that's being brought to you? And at what point do you consider that you are the like? How how does the play get written? Uh, reluctantly, I I I have a love hate relationship with the whole process mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. writing. I I every I think every play I've ever written, I've declared to Jackie at some point or other, this is the last one I'm ever doing, mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Um, we 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 we're not a we're, we we've tried different ways of of. Of hammering scripts together, mm -hmm. uh, we're not really a collective creation uh, company. Right. But we do like we'll take we'll take uh, like I say when we have those table that table work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes so, sometimes a character will emerge out of that. Right. Sometimes we do writing exercises where we just have uh, people making lists, reactions to mm -hmm. uh, to a story or a suggestion that Jackie mm -hmm. says, and and uh, I'll take whatever I can take and, mm -hmm. and, and, and start to process it before the, before we have our full production. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have, uh, I I'm fortunate because I've worked with this company for so long. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes when I am, uh, experiencing a challenge or writer's block or whatever, I'll sometimes say, insert movement composition. And I know that the, that uh, that's kind of code for we need to say something that mm. I'm having trouble saying with words, and we'll kind of, we'll we'll try and figure out a way to do that. <clears throat> um, so I know that I know that uh, uh, when I when I also write something that's challenging. Like this, this piece, although it has that, what I'm calling a fractured narrative, mm -hmm. it has these, these elements of this narrative of a wall of story, but it also has these interjections of, of, of different stories, mm -hmm. short, short stories. Mm -hmm. A couple of them, of them are recurring. Some of them are, some of them are, uh, just single episodes, uh, that, that, that help, um, contextualize that, the, yeah. the main narrative, try to, try to, trying to bring the, the, the elements of that story mm. to modern day the, 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 the what are the what are what are the modern day flat earth believers mm. um and i know that i can get away with that because <clears throat> the, the 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 people that are in the room are gonna tackle it yeah and 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 and, and try and and uh find a find a use specific tools that i know are going to get us from this point to this point yeah so it's it's as I say it I I sometimes spend days bashing my head on the on the keyboard, um, and other days uh, are incredibly rewarding. Mm. Um, in the last the last play we did was, was called Reflector, and uh, there was an element of the story that I was trying desperately to to write. I wanted it to be poetic, and and Jackie just. You know, I was struggling, and she she said, uh, "Well, here, write about this instead." And it was write write it write, write it from this character, mm. a character who wasn't in the play, it was nothing to do with anything. Yeah. So I did. I wrote this this thing out, and uh, what what that piece didn't end up in the play, but the uh, three words from it did. Mm. Mm -hmm. It was those three words in that in, that there were that were. Um, 
No, I'm not going to be wrong with those words. <laughs> I played that character, but 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 <coughs> just just by writing that piece, mm-hmm. uh, I was able to go. Oh, wait a minute! This is a this is a starting point for another piece that ended up in the, right. the plan. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes uh, we use these uh, indirect ways of, of getting mm-hmm. getting the, the story mm-hmm. out of our brains. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is it is good that you have a uh, a creative partner who can say something like try this because I know when I'm writing, I tend to when I when I when I hit a, a point where I'm struggling, I just it's like a, there's a wall and I just keep hitting that wall in the same spot. Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody to unfocus you from that and like get you to come at it from another angle, which is super helpful to have. It's it's. Uh... It is truly the great thing about being about working with people who who who, who start to know you mm-hmm. and, and how you work. Yeah, and uh, well, we, we we bring in you know, new people every year. We mm-hmm. try we try and uh, we hold auditions every year. Um, but there's a there's a core group mm-hmm. uh, who not only we enjoy working with, but enjoy working with us because mm-hmm. our our stuff's a little different. Our, yeah, our, our way of working is, is different, mm-hmm. and also what we what we need from the, from the, the performers and everyone involved. We, 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 we need a, a spectrum mm-hmm. of, of skill sets and, 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 a, and, a, and a creativity, you know, people who are willing to um, create in the room, not just interpret mm-hmm. what we're doing, what we're asking to do, but actually take it and create, create mm-hmm. with it. Uh, so, um, but yes, having, having someone say, just step back and mm-hmm. try it this way instead. Um, yeah, because we kind of we kind of, we kind of uh, work our way yeah. into, these, into these wedges. Yeah. sometimes and, and it's in it with blinders on. It's hard yeah. to see. What the, you often need somebody to just sort of pull you out of that corner for a second. Yeah. Um, when you were, I mean, can you? What would be the elevator pitch for the wager? How would you describe this show to someone? Uh. It is a play about the crazy things that we believe. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's not. It's not. And it's not even so much about the things themselves, but the how. Mm-hmm. How? How is it that that you and I can see the same thing mm-hmm. and believe completely different things about it? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what are the what are the, what are the mechanics yeah. of, of of that thing we call belief? Mm-hmm. Um, because this guy, this character, uh, we're trapped in the elevator for a while. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press stop. The building is very tall. Yeah. <laughs> um, this 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 scientist. He had it. He had it in the bag. Mm-hmm. There's just that. Just you know, it's easy to prove that the Earth is flat. I set up this experiment, mm-hmm. and, and there we go. And who wouldn't see these results and come to the same conclusions as me? Right. And and I think that's kind of that that naivete is something we all kind of think. Sure. Yeah. To yeah. some extent, mm-hmm. we, we we see the world and think, well, who 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 wouldn't see the, the world the way I see the world? Yeah. But uh, that just ain't the way it seems mm-hmm. to pan out. We, yeah. we, we, uh, we, we, have, we have this, this need to create the universe that we experience. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky if it syncs up with the people around us. Yeah. But it, uh, but it doesn't always. No. 
I mean, it's interesting because you know you've got this you've got this main character who who lived um, um, so long ago, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. um, who believes that the Earth was flat, and for like the last you know up until relatively recently, pretty much everybody would be like, "That's ridiculous." The earth is flat. How could anybody believe that? And yet we find ourselves living in a time when there are people with with all of our science that we have and all the knowledge that we have who are convinced that science has been lying to us mm-hmm. and that the earth is, is, is flat. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's still a flat earth society. Yeah. Out there with yeah. Web page and, and conferences. And, and growing. And growing, yes. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, because, I mean, you're also dealing in this, since you're dealing with belief, and there's, there's like, the idea of fake news and things like that, and the construction of realities, it's almost like um, we're living at a time where, and the internet sure helps with that, if you want to find something to confirm your belief, you can find it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and not only that... If you if, if there isn't someone already out there who mm. believes whatever crazy thing you suggest, mm. if you put something together, people will listen to it. Yeah, if, it, it, <clears throat> and it doesn't matter how uh, off the wall it yeah. is. We just uh, um, one of the one of the things that we tuck into in this one scene is is, uh, is, is the Dunning Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which there were a couple of psychologists who just they they. They examine this phenomenon of, of the fact that uh, basically if you're too ignorant to understand something, you're also too ignorant to understand that you don't understand. Yes. It, yeah. Which leads to overconfidence. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is that people respond to confidence. Mm-hmm. So the more ignorant, ignorant you are, mm-hmm. then, which leads to the more confidence that you have. Yeah. Leads to leads to people following you. Which yes, is basically what we got going on in this in the states. Or yeah. on a, on I mean, pretty much everywhere scale. we do there. We do as a, as a species, we have a bias towards if somebody bothered to write it down, it must be true. There's got to be something to it. And so, and it, it, that follows through to like YouTube videos and those sorts of things. If somebody took the time to make this video, it must be true. We have a bias that leads us down this this path of Somebody took the time to do this, therefore. Yeah. Which is a strange thing, considering how how wrong things that are written down can be. There, you know. There, there, yeah. There's something. There's uh, this this phenomenon called the default to truth mm-hmm. that we yeah. just that we also start with. We, yeah. we give everything the benefit of the doubt on a on a first on a first read. Yeah. I guess the first experience is well. Okay. Let's 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 start with it being yeah. true and wait for wait for the alternatives to, to, to prove it wrong but if we like it mm-hmm. if we want to believe it mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of key yeah uh, it's hard for any anything to dissuade us yeah. and I, I think with the flatter thing I think that's <clears throat> key is that people feel better mm-hmm. about the earth being flat there's something about a globe that mm-hmm. maybe feels unstable yeah. or, or just it, it it involves forces that are that you that you can't really grapple with. We, we are, we're, you know, our, our our brains evolved on a very local scale. Yeah, they, 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 we didn't need to think about 
other side of the world. We needed to think about, you know, things a few hundred meters away. Yeah. There's also the idea that, like, believing, like, if you believe that you were right and nobody else believes that you were right or that you are in a minority, that makes you special. Yeah. You know, and now now I I know something that nobody else believes. Look at those sheep who don't believe that the earth is flat. And now I'm really special because I believe that. And yeah. my friends who also believe that, we're all special together because we're the one, only ones who know the truth. And that's like that's a powerful thing as well. Like a small group of people who reinforce each other's that's the echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And some of us have large echo chambers and some of us have small echo chambers. And maybe, maybe if uh, you know, if, if this evolution idea is correct, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the this this branch, uh, regardless of whether they're right or not, something about believing that mm-hmm. gives them a, gives them a, an edge. Maybe, maybe that's maybe this is just a this, this is just the evolutionary forces at work. Maybe, you know, uh, from my experience, evolution doesn't care if you're wrong or you're right. No, it does. It does not. Just know what works. Yes, exactly. You know? It's interesting that that default to truth. That's um, what uh, Malcolm Gladwell's newest book is is about. Is like ta- how to talk to people, talking to people, yeah. is really about like the you know how when we meet somebody, we want to believe that person is is telling us the truth. So much so that one of the stories in his book is about a person who was spying for Cuba in the American like spying agency. So they were uh, like a double agent. And nobody wanted to believe that they were a spy for Cuba because they essentially said, I'm not a spy for Cuba. <coughs> and didn't it turn out that they, that they revealed that, that, that everyone, all of all the American spies in Cuba were actually double agents as well? And oh, no probably. One knew, like, no one knew what was going on. I, I probably. Was, but like this, yeah. this particular story, like they were like, they knew there was an inside mole and nobody thought it could be her. And it was absolutely her. Well. And when it all came apart, everybody was like, wow, we never would have believed it was her because she was good at her job and she said she wasn't. Yeah. You know, it goes so much as when, you know, if somebody, we often say to people, like, look me in the eye and tell me that you're not lying. And, and we have no capacity of really determining. No, we can't. We don't have a clue. Because often a person who's lying to us is really good at looking us in the eye and saying, I'm not lying. Yep. You know? And we also, we also, we put a lot of stock mm-hmm. into our ability, mm-hmm. our, our whether we have it or not, yeah. to determine, because we need to, we yeah. need to be able to look across the table and mm-hmm. say, I trust this person. Malcolm Glad- oh, Gladwell is like, his whole book is like, we are actually really bad at that. Mm-hmm. We are, we are, yeah, trouble. we're basically, because we generally, because we default to truth, we, we want to, we so desperately believe that the other person is telling us the truth that we are often so easily lied to. Yeah. Yeah. One of the books I read in the, the, uh, uh, researching for this was uh, Robert Trivers' um, "The Folly of Fools." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good read, and it, but it's but it's sobering. It's basically <laughs> that, that deceit deceit is built in. Yes, yeah, and that and it's not just us. Deceit is it is an evolutionary force mm-hmm. that as long as long <laughs> as there has have been organisms. Mm-hmm. There have been organisms trying to trick the other organisms. That's very true, yeah. and and that uh, and the trickers, the trickers are are always a little a step ahead. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, the, the, the 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 honest the honest organisms are always playing catch yes. up, mm-hmm. and that's and we're just the we're just the yeah. present manifestation of, of that. Yeah. Uh, also, lying is something we do naturally. Like children don't have to be taught how to lie. It's true. They figure that out on their own. 
And so it's like, it's a thing that is built into the way that we are. The ability to, 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 to lie is just something that we figure out on our own. And some people are really good at it. And the rest of us can't tell that they're really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, we took all this stuff and we packed it into our plane. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's those are those are the those are the ideas mm-hmm. that we were. Those are some pretty some super. pretty strong ideas to work with. Because because it's we we encounter it. So yeah. It's, it's it's what from what I've discovered is that is you can't you can't you can't remove mm-hmm. um, the the belief system mm-hmm. from yourself. If you know if you if you believe in something and then it falls apart, something else takes its place yeah. there's always there's something it's, it just seems to be something that we need to do one of the uh, I, one of the ideas that that uh, one of the characters muses about is, is that is that as far as belief goes uh content is kind of irrelevant yeah that's true it's this we're all doing the same thing we're just we're just putting different content into, yeah. into our into our belief machine yeah i started to realize that when i encountered my first evangelical atheist wow Right. Like an atheist who was so convinced that they that like that atheism was the way to go that they would evangelize about about atheism and so they would like come at you in the same way that a fundamentalist Christian would like witness to you about the love of Jesus and all that stuff. Mm. They were as forceful as that about their belief, and so and they it probably had, had the same impact. They like exactly the same impact. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to to uh, Doug Ford uh, uh, leading up to the election mm-hmm. and, and afterwards. He took on a cadence mm-hmm. of a minister. Mm-hmm. He started to, to talk with that, with with that. Everyone's, you know, that's yeah. the same, the same yeah. kind of uh, speaking that, mm-hmm. a, that, a, that a minister in a, in a pulpit or an evangelical yeah. would, would use. It's a, it's a, and I'm sure it wasn't from someone telling him to no. do that. It probably was a bit of a, of a, of an instinct. Yeah, uh, popping in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, that's 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 I. For me, fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, I I, I, I went I, when I was when I was a, a teenager. I was uh, an ardent believer and was Presbyterian, mm-hmm. so I was enthusiastic right, yes. about Presbyterianism. But but uh, uh, I was I was I was I went to weekends away. I mm-hmm. went to Presbyterian camp, and 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 it was it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, and uh, when that fell apart. For me, mm. uh, that, that that system it was it was quite devastating, mm-hmm. and I guess that sort of is part of what what has led up to this play. I mean, yeah. I, I think ask any playwright, their body of work is probably all one long play, you know, processing different aspects of yes, the same yeah. thing, and and and, and uh, the, the, so so that that experience about having had something. Mm. And at the time, I did. I, I'm sure if someone had come up to me and started talking to me about confirmation bias or things mm-hmm. like that, I would have said, "You know, who cares? Yeah, can't you see how beautiful it is? I love mm-hmm. this. Don't, yeah, don't take." It. And now I look back and go, well, <laughs> "I had a lot of hormones going on there." <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I I grew up in a in a in a Baptist like a really fundamentalist Baptist church back in the day, and so that's a similar thing, but probably, you know, since Presbyterian isn't as enthusiastic, but the Baptists really are, so it was very, you know, that 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 beauty was also, like, taken up with a fervor that, that the Baptist church had at the time, and that was a, that was a long process to, to, to shed that, and sometimes I feel like I'm still shedding that skin because it's so ingrained, because it happens so, so young, 
oh, even yeah. though I don't believe that, there are habits and there are things that you're constantly unlearning. And and the 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 emotional impact mm-hmm. it, that doesn't that doesn't go away. In fact, that's you know that some sometimes I long for mm-hmm. for the thing to to have the same reaction that I had to, yeah. to, to, to the, the things that I had when I was a teenager. Yeah, and and, and and you do get those from you know like your kids. I've got two yeah. kids that that, that mm-hmm. blow that business away. Yeah, but. Uh, but um, but there's still there's there that that will it'll never go away. So I think that's yeah. always at the heart of, of anything I'm writing. It's coming from that. What are these? What are, what are these mm. things going on? Yeah. What's going on in there? Um, coming from a Presbyterian uh, background, I'm curious about uh, your theater origin story. So how did you get from Presbyterian kid in church mm. to uh, going into the theater? What was the path that got you to where you are now? Hmm. Well, uh, the the uh, the the Presbyterian stuff was very much a high school okay. phenomenon mm-hmm. for me, um, and uh, and it was in high school that I started to consider theater, mm-hmm. and it was only because of it was just happenstance that I took high school theater and had a good drama teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of just like ha- just like the religious experience. The theater experience was profound, mm-hmm. even at that level. And if I hadn't simply taken that course, I would have taken a different course in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about that. I go, holy smokes! You know, that was a, you know, fifteen-year-old kid saying, "Oh, maybe I'll take this class." You know, and, and that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that's Excuse worked me. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I started to to. And, and at that point, it was very much about community. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, 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 in high school, when it's when you know all the all the, the stuff that's going on there, when you find a community that that uh, feeds you, yeah. like that uh, it's it just it's, it sparks, it yeah. sparks. And so, but even then, I didn't think, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It wasn't until a teacher said, "Well, you know, you could." And I went, "Really?" And I, I think I was planning on doing like maybe. Engineering or architecture, right. but you know, I took, so so in grade thirteen, uh, I took you know all the, all the sciences and the mm. maths, and my my marks in those told me engineering was not not, <laughs> not for me. But uh, but by the time I was uh, it came to to apply for schools, I was like, you know what, I I, I, I should take this and, and mm. do something with it. Uh, so I ended up at Guelph, and uh, Guelph was, I, I just, and I love that school. Mm. It was a, a great school. Uh, uh, took drama and environmental studies. Mm. Back then, there was no such thing as environmental science, but environmental studies was an option right. there. There and uh, and even though it's not a conservatory school, I was able to kind of tailor my experience there to be mainly performance. Mm-hmm. But I still got I, it was it was it was a, it was a real hands-on mm. program. Uh, uh, artists came in: Judith Thompson, uh, Daniel McIver, mm. uh, Cynthia Grant, mm. just like like people who were active and doing doing stuff. Would yeah. come in and, and do seminars and things like that. So it was uh, those were very formative years. Uh, just really, I, I I loved it. I loved I loved uh, uh, going to Guelph, and I and I kind of hit the ground running when I first came to the the, the city. Mm-hmm. I was a Auditioning for everything and got a, got a few things uh, um, here and there, and it was a it was a friend from Guelph who said uh, you should come on and try for this this company. I was about a 
well, this was in, in 1994, mm. so I don't know, for two years I graduated in 92. And uh, the audition for Theatre of in 1994 was just uh, out of this world. It okay. Was, it was at Steve's in the Fields Church. Uh, there was this, this, the artistic director was this, this uh, angelic uh, woman <laughs> with the, just, just who, who was captivating. She captivated everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. And we just, it was an audition like no other. We would, we, we, we sang, we, we lifted each other up. We, we were, we were moving around. It was, it was, it was just, it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and from that, I, I, I got the callback and uh, the callback was a weekend away in, mm. in Rockwood with a group of artists working in the middle of the night. Mm. It was, it was, again, it was magical. Um, so, so I was, I was hooked. Mm. I was just like, well, this is just an amazing way. It just was a, it was a, it was another realm. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, any other rehearsal process or performance that mm-hmm. I've ever done before. And uh, fortunately uh, managed to, Convinced the AD to fall in love with me and, mm-hmm. and marry me, and uh, <laughs> that's an excellent. Always, that's an that's, always, that's always a good career plan. I yeah. always describe that as as a, as a as a good course to take if yeah. you can, if you can manage that. Uh, so you know, I've gotten a few plays produced, and uh, you know, I've managed to get on stage a few times. Yeah. So, so it has been a that was a good career move for me. And again, just because I ran into a buddy who said, "Oh, check out this theater company." and and I and I did, and here I am. How long had Theatre Gargantua been around when you when you joined? Uh, it was uh, they started in 1992. Mm-hmm. I joined in '94. Mm-hmm. They were still working on their on the first show. But right, they had already been working on it for for a year and a half, and that was called the Trials, and it was about the the the, the trials of the Templar Knights mm-hmm. in, in medieval Europe, and yeah. uh, that that show had. Uh, 150 candles, 56 oil lamps, and two torches, and that was the lighting design. And we're all dressed in medieval costumes and singing with the audience, like just a few feet away, and uh, uh, lifting each other up, being hung mm-hmm. upside down, and, and and it was just it was it was a it was a show to experience. Where do you where do you perform a show where you have that many open flames? Well, you don't do that now. <laughs> we, we couldn't get away with it now. But we could then because yeah. it was at a church, ah, and you don't okay. uh, you know go to a go to a church service and they actually have candles all the yes, time yeah, so I yeah. we were, and plus it was a little under the radar so mm-hmm. we, we certainly couldn't do that show now but, no. uh, but when we did it was it was uh, mm. really really magical um, uh, and and that 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 church is uh, that same thing in the fields on, on the north side of Kensington Market yeah every show that we've ever developed has had at least something done there okay for, for years uh, it, we, we, we actually rehearsed and performed there. They, mm. let, us, they let us turn their their sanctuary into a theater. We'd drop blacks from 40 feet high mm. and, and uh, hang lights. And, and every every Saturday night after the show, we would have to strike everything. Of course. So they could do their Sunday business. Yeah. And then we'd put it all back up again. So that was exhausting. But yeah. when you're a young company, you do that sort you of thing. You do what you can. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and even knowing now, we're, you know, we, we have projectors and sound systems and things. And, you know, we, we use, we use, uh, like this, this shows at theater, theater pass Rhine where we've been, uh, we've been producing there for the past uh, five years yeah. or so. Uh, but we still, we rehearse at St. Stephen's or sometimes we do just workshops there, but we, we, or, or auditions yeah. we do there. We were still been, uh, 
uh, an influence, that space mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on everything we've done. And that's, yeah. that's actually, especially early on, that was probably key to our success was mm-hmm. having a, a space, a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 uh, yeah, we have, we have, we have a lot to thank yeah. for that uh, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the reflector was the 25th anniversary show. Yeah. Um, when you went into working on reflector, was that was like knowing that it was going to be the 25th anniversary show? Was that was there was that a big deal? Was like how did how did how, going into that? What was that like? We 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 certainly were celebrating that that mm-hmm. year. But the, the the interesting thing about that show is uh, we had a completely different show in mind for our twenty fifth anniversary mm-hmm. year. But that idea was completely uh, swept away um, by the Alan Curdy uh, photograph. Mm-hmm phenomenon and mm-hmm. that's what triggered that uh, reflector mm-hmm. um, that was the 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 the, uh, the, the um um Serbia boy who, who drowned and, and was yes. on the beach that yeah. so that iconic mm-hmm. shot and it was just how that one photograph had a worldwide impact mm-hmm. um after you know it wasn't a new phenomenon no uh the the the, the, the uh the war had been going on already for five years yeah. and, 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 you know, we, we heard stories and stories about, about the horrific things happening to people, but something about that shot mm-hmm. just, it, it, yeah. it uh, sparked a, something that, that, that turned into a, a worldwide brief, mm-hmm. but a real worldwide movement. Yeah. And so we just started thinking about that uh, and, and how, 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 how that, can happen how a how a single image and it's and it's happened sort of periodically yeah. you can just sort of shuffle through these 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 photos that that huge chunks of the planet have have a filed away yeah you know, uh, that is if you may if you describe the picture people will say yes i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah I can think of a few like there's the there's the 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 the, the girl in vietnam the like running away oh, the, yeah yeah napalm girl yeah napalm girl there's uh You've got the 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 end of the war, the sailor with the with because yep. of the nurse. You've yep. got the too, yeah. You've got, there's so many that are like yeah. you can think Twin of it. Towers getting struck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many pictures that 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 are now in like we recognize the imagery mm-hmm. without even having to see the picture, right? Yeah. So and that's and that's I think how how we recall story. Like mm. that's so, so, so those images mm. are kind of our, our collective storytelling. Mm. Um, it, it, even without the context, they, they yeah. are, they are a part of our, of our understanding when like, if we're, if we're, no one, no one can fully understand the, 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 the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you, if we start talking about it, that image will come up yes. and give us a, a, a mutual a context that we both understand. Yes. Because it's there. So it's like a, a language of images. Images are, are, are super powerful. I mean, if we look at, like, I know if you go back and you watch, you know, like a Buster Keaton film, they're dated, but they're still funny. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're still hilariously funny because when you can, when you only have images to tell a story, you simplify, you make it immediate. You have to be more creative. And so those stories don't end, don't, don't age. In the same way that if you if you watch like a, a comedy from the 1960s or 70s, they don't tend to be as funny. 
because humor has changed and also the jokes may have been too specific for the time and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like sometimes language robs us of the context that an image yeah. will give us. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it, it, it is a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, a vocabulary. Mm. Um, and it seems to be an innate one. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is pretty fascinating. Well, I mean, that's, that's another thing. Like we were, we were creating human, the human race was creating images bef- like almost from the beginning, as soon as we could, we were expressing images on on walls and things like that. So, and and, and those things those seem to be tied into into uh, the, the creation of, of beliefs. Yeah, so it became when we started using this. This is this is. Uh, um, if you read uh, Yuval Harari's uh, *Sapiens*, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was a that was a uh, pivotal book for right. this for this uh, project. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, uh, he hypothesized that about seventy thousand years ago, something changed. In humans, mm-hmm. in Homo sapiens, uh, and that's when belief started. Hmm. Before that, for the you know two hundred thousand years or so that, that Homo sapiens have been around, they didn't change much. They did hmm. the same thing for and, and, and wandered around, hunted, hunted and gathered, and 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 weren't really having much impact on the planet. Right, had, you know, no carbon footprint, hmm. and then we started believing in things mm. we started teaching fictions we started believing mm-hmm. in fictions things 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 like that that there was we could build something bigger than our tribe we could right. build something called a town and we would all be members of this or this community right this city which you know a city is is an idea yeah you know we we we, we say it starts here and ends here and that we are all members of this city yeah and we have to defend our city against that city mm-hmm. and, that's, and that and that that wasn't those those ideas didn't we were capable of having those ideas mm. Mm. before that. This is this is his hypothesis yeah. that, that that we that something happened in our in the human imagination. Mm. But seventy thousand years ago, when we started drawing, doing these drawings of 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 God figures mm-hmm. of of of, uh, of, of, of uh, hybrid animals mm. things, mm. Uh, that, you know, that, that were really imaginative. Yeah, huh. and that somehow that the ability to believe. Made all this happen. Huh. Well, I mean, if you don't believe in something, why would you don't you don't believe helps you do something that's hard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine imagine like <coughs> if you if you didn't if you didn't believe in your country, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go to war for it. No, you? you know, if you didn't believe that that a show would be a success, you would never create theater, right? You would never like you, like so many, <laughs> like like literally like if you did not if you did not be- have a belief in what you were creating, you would yes. never do it. So, it's yes. it's important we could never be what we are and what whatever we'll become without belief. Belief also has some downsides as well. Yep. Yep, but yeah, we we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing any of this stuff mm-hmm. if we didn't believe in it. And again, it's like it's there's there's it's a it's 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 built in. Yeah. So. Now, are you guys working at uh, Theater Pass Morale yet, or are you? Oh yeah, uh, we've yeah. been in. Yeah, we, yeah. we always uh, we we because we 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 like to um, incorporate uh, some video, so we've got some multimedia going on, and um, just rehearsing transitions. Yeah, for us is a, is, a, is a you know from one scene to another mm. is a complex process. Yeah, that we just we just can't do in the rehearsal. No, of course, of course. So we we end up going in a. a 
like a, usually a week and a half to two weeks before mm-hmm. opening, just to hammer things out and 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 let uh, Laird, our lighting designer, and Thomas, the sound designer, just figure mm-hmm. figure things out with Jackie. Um, and so yeah, we've been we've, we've been there for a week and a half now, and uh, and our first audience is in about two days. On, Oh shit! Wow, that's coming up. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. How does that feel? Oh, it's it, it's always it's, <laughs> we, we we wouldn't get anything done. If, of course, if we didn't yeah. have that uh, yes that, uh, that opening night uh, looming, and uh, it's it is it is always exciting. Of course, when you're in the throes of ten out of twelve rehearsals and and uh, and, and, and tech calls, um, yeah, it, it it's it is exhausting. But you know that's coming. You know that you know that. Uh, it's like we were talking about that audience thing. You know, you know that you're yeah. going to get that 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 reward. Yes. Yeah. Um, of people seeing it, responding to, mm-hmm. to to all the all the work you're doing. Um, but it's uh, but you know it's you're like you say it's something we believe in, and so yeah. we'd be doing it one way or another. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so it's it's it, but it feels good. It will good. it will feel. There's some stuff that I think is, I think is quite funny. So yeah. so oh. uh, so it will be it will be very rewarding to get those laughs. That oh, good. That we're, uh, that we're hoping, hoping yeah. for. I think we will. So, awesome. It's, it's, it's been good so far. Great, Michael. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. Oh yeah, jeez, thanks. Phil. This has been a Homebody Productions production.